It was rather cold along the shores of Algeria and Morocco that early morning of November 8, 1942, when we came as friends to the coasts of North Africa. Along the shores of the Red Sea, on the other side of Africa at that same moment, it was rather hotter. In fact, it might have been called, with no exaggeration, infernally hot. There, in the Red Sea, I was struggling that morning on the bottom of the ocean with an Italian naval mine apparently rigged inside a scuttled vessel as a booby trap to blow us all to hell if we dared to try to recover that sabotaged Italian ship. In Misawa, stewing in the unbelievable heat of the Red Sea sun even in November, we had no illusions as to who our friends were. It was plain enough we had none, or we should never have been sent, war or no war, there to Misawa, the hottest spot on this earth, and then left forgotten till we were as thoroughly cured as desiccated fish beneath that inhuman Red Sea sun. That Italian mine in the flooded forehold of the submerged Brenta, dimly visible to the heavily weighted diver who cautiously breasted his way about it on the sea floor, was not too much of a worry either to the diver on the bottom or to the rest of us on the surface just over him. He knew, and we knew, that one in cautious contact with those deadly acid-filled leaden horns or the delicately balanced hydrostatic piston protruding from that steel, TNT-laden sphere, which the Italians had evidently rigged out with loving care for our destruction, and we should all suddenly have our troubles ended together in a volcanic eruption of flame and water shooting us skyward. Still, we weren't too much concerned— Long months of torture in the blazing heat and incredible humidity of Masawa had left us apathetic and drained of hope of escape. If we succeeded in removing that mine from inside the sunken ship and its half-ton of TNT without detonating it, we might then recover the precious Brenta for Allied use. If we didn't, and we touched off that booby-trapped mine in the process— We should be the gainers anyway. In one flaming instant our sufferings would be ended, instead of being excruciatingly drawn out minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, over still more agonized months, till the flaming sun above us has certainly but less mercifully achieved the same result. The diver, wiry little Buck Scogel, without ever having touched the mine, came up as instructed to report to me on the surface its description and what the Italians had done to it, so far as he could determine in the dim light of the ocean floor, and especially to its hydrostatic piston to convert it to a booby trap for our destruction. After listening to his agitated account at some length, I called off further diving on the Brenta and steamed back with my salvage crew to Masawa. There, in the seclusion of my room ashore, I might study more at leisure the blueprints furnished me from Cairo by British naval intelligence, showing the normal workings of that death trap planted in the Brenta's forehold, and figure what I might do, if anything, to outwit the Italians by removing the mine without exploding it. Half-naked, soaked from head to foot with sweat, 
and oozing perspiration from every pore, I entered my room, tossed aside my sun helmet and my dark glasses. That room, after a session outside beneath the Red Sea sun, was always a shock. Inside it was only 95 degrees Fahrenheit, because two large Westinghouse air conditioning sets were running night and day with never a stop to cool it down and dehumidify it.